This is Being Single and Happy with Prem Lata, a podcast about nurturing joy in life as a single person. Hi, I'm Prem Lata again and so happy to have you back on our platform. Today's episode is about self-acceptance and I got to be honest with you, we kind of started out saying coming out, but self-acceptance is such a such a more powerful expression of saying come to terms with yourself and as i think about coming to terms with myself and th- this could not, not apply to everyone else but i think about visible and invisible kind of identities right so the visible identities are racism sexism homophobia islamophobia i mean there is a ton of stuff to get through then there is a the stuff that we kind of not talk about which is what i call the invisible the invisible things that we need to uncover on peel those are equally important and those are things like you know skeletons from the past you know chips on our shoulders things that we just must get through to come to terms with who we are so self acceptance is 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 going to be a very loaded subject and i am so happy today to have my co-anchors back michel and ahmed who have been such wonderful wonderful co-anchors for me and so over to you Well thanks for having us back here and this is a lot of fun at least just based on I know we're just getting started but the door is open I think this is going to be a great episode I've been looking forward to it myself Ahmed what about you I like all your thoughts there you know self acceptance is one of the things that we're all constantly doing you know none of us are experts that we're learning at eat each age and how society changes around us we're still going through that so i think it's a great episode for everyone really and being at our first episode i'm really excited for us to start recording and kicking it off with this subject karim i had a question for you as you were talking about the different kinds of identities since this podcast is about being single where do you think that sits is it a more mind thing or is it an actual visible identity as well in your experience ahmed i think it's both and maybe there's a third which i don't know but it's absolutely about self acceptance of our identity in public as well as our identity as we express it you know in our darkest nights it's it's both and the two have to come together because not being reconciled with who we are publicly with who we are privately is is, is going to cause some kind of a rift mm-hmm. and so self acceptance meaning is means closing the gaps and getting getting in full circle with who you are so i i personally think it's both and maybe there's a third and i don't know it and you know in my in my future years maybe i'll discover it but for now i i think for me it's inner and outer it's visible and invisible i actually smile when you said it around 
you know, self-acceptance is closing the gap because I think most of us feel that way that in different situations with different people that we sit, we're different versions of ourselves, right? And none of them is true because we're all always just like looking at something else that people need to hear or we need to do to get accepted. But then it's also completely different from how we are by sitting by ourselves. I feel like some of the times we're just sitting by ourselves or wearing these layers as well, right? So it's, it's a lot of peeling. This, this onion is going to get layered off quite, quite elaborately today. So it is about de-layering. It is about, you know, uncovering the, the layers. It's about peeling the onion. It's, it's, it's a gigantic exercise. You know, it's not easy. Right. You know, peeling the onion gives you a couple of tears. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yeah. But but doing this is is a lifelong journey and I'm not done yet. And so, you know, I I, I think I wouldn't want our listeners to think that this is something that's, uh, you know, done. It's it's a forever journey. You said it yourself, you know, the what accept yourself. Everyone else is taken as Oscar Wilde, our friend Oscar Wilde said. So obviously, well, not obvi- maybe not obviously, acceptance of yourself can be a process, especially if certain norms were instilled in you as a child. So at least I think of me growing up in, in a relig- like with a religious background. So Karim, I'll ask you this because you are someone who is very secure in your own skin. At least that's what we see. But are there ever times that you still struggle with self-acceptance and in what scenarios or in what cases? There will always be times, Michelle, that um, I I will struggle with self-acceptance, right? So I I was on the phone today with someone who who looks after my skin and I said, I have dark spots coming on on my face and I have blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's a continuous journey. It's never ending. The self-acceptance journey, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you find something, uh, uh, you know, at least I do. Maybe others don't. But you'll find something that's wrong with you. And I don't mean in just in the physical way, but also in the reflection. You know, when I wake up at four in the morning and I'm thinking about what I could have done right the day before and and so forth. So self-acceptance is just an ongoing journey. But I think what this episode is about is about the big leaps that I have made in terms of just, you know, kind of kind of crossing off the big bears. That's what's important, because if you are, then you get to a point in life where you are okay with encountering more bears. But there was a point in time in my life when I was when I was 17, I don't know how to say this, Michelle, but you know, I was contemplating suicide because life was so tough for me. And I, and I wondered why God had made me gay. And I will never forget those moments. I used to cry in bed, tearing up. So when I compare myself to that, to where I am today, you know, it's, it's night and day. So all I want to do in this episode is sh- share some of my experiences in terms of how I actually confronted those barriers and just put them behind me. 
I think that'll be an interesting point to touch on, probably a sensitive topic that a lot of us can relate to, because for years I also prayed in vain, you know, that the gay would go away and it never happened. And, you know, learning about a dear friend struggling with that obviously makes me sad to hear you went through it, although I relate to it. Ahmed, what about you? No, it's the same thing. It's 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 the reaction that most queer people have where every time someone says you are immensely saddened because you know what that feels, but at the same time, it's not a shock because that is such a common experience in, in the community. So it definitely is a process that a lot of us are doing, like even now, right? And and it, we will talk about coming out which the term I have a lot of problems with as well, because the North American version is, I guess, the ideal version. So maybe the reason why I don't like it is because I can't attain it. But, you know, not everyone can get there in that true term where everyone's dancing around you, everyone's happy, you're having a gay marriage and, you know, life's great and you're having gay babies and, uh, well, babies to gay parents and, and, and all of those things. And a lot of us can't get that, right? So I think it's it's... It definitely is finding what you can achieve, what you should strive for to get the sense of happiness and purpose in life that you need, because that's that would be your bare minimum, right? And and for a lot of people, those bare minimum ha- is different, or they have to settle or understand what that would look like for them, because not everyone can achieve the same kind of goal. Karim, what, what I was curious about, because, you know, that's something, and, and the reason why I said this is because being an immigrant queer person in a North American setting, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be able to have friends who are queer, but am I 100% open to everyone around me in my life? No, right? And and as you age and you, you know, I'm getting to my mid-30s now, you think about it as well as like, okay, mate, this might not change. So I'll be an older gay person who would hide something about themselves while the rest of the community around you is is fine. I think I need to just make my peace with it in some ways, right? So, Kareem, my question to you was, because I know you have similar backgrounds as well, what was your journey to it? And I know this this is not a something that you can change overnight. It's a constant journey. So what was that journey for you, like for you? And how were you able to, you know, have some sort of happiness throughout that to say, well, I'm not at the destination yet, but this journey is although pretty grueling, but I'm still enjoying and living through it. Two things, uh, Ahmed. Uh, One is you made a very, very good point, which is coming out or accepting yourself is not an event. It's a process. And it never ends, you know? So for people who kind of use the word coming out loosely, I go, you know, that's an event for you, but it's not your life experience. Because the moment you peel one layer, there is another layer that begs to be understood. Very true. And, And then in answer to your question, I think it's a loaded question. So because I was brought up, in, in, you know, just to take us back a little bit, I was brought up in Tanzania. I was born in Kigoma, which is a small town on Lake Tanganyika. And I was born into a very prosperous family, thankfully. But I was also born as an Ismaili Muslim young boy. 
who was taught to go to mosque every day in the evening. And so for me, you know, if I fast track it, to be born in a, in relative terms, a conservative family, but they were the most progressive family in, in, in town. We used to have parties and, you know, there was alcohol served and we had a very, very progressive progressive culture. But even within that relative context, it was still, I was still the youngest son, the prince of the household who would get married. Mm -hmm. And everyone was awaiting that date. So, you know, I was the youngest and and I was born and, and people just, you know, I was the ninth child in the family and the last child. So I, I, I was already there. You know, you, you have to see my baby pictures. Actually, even I adore them, right? <laughs> and so everyone kept saying I, you know, that they're waiting for me to get married. I'm the youngest prince and blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you've heard the rest of it. I mean, we've all heard that from our families, right? I mean, their fantasies mm-hmm. and their beliefs and, and their values. And so I grew up within that environment where I was meant to be with a woman. So coming out of that and at adolescence, when I came to realize I am not going to be what my family wants me to be, was extremely difficult, right? So I had to come to terms with my own sexuality, which I did, you know, over years. It took me a long time. You know, once you, once you let go of the layer of being who you are, you know, you're sexual orientation and gender identity, and for me, that's gay. Once you layer that off, and for other people who are not that, I mean, they, you will have the same experiences because we all want to be sometimes not who other people around us want us to be. And, and so we all go through the same journeys. We just have different language to describe it. So, you know, I, go, I went through that. And then, and then you come to, come, to, come to terms with that and then, and, you know, holy cow, you know, I'm in Canada and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a brown person. And at that time, people used to term us Pakis. And so you have to come to terms with the fact that you are not quite acknowledged here. Mm-hmm. You were not quite acknowledged back home because you were, spo- you, you were one of a minority of Indian people who came in and just made money and understandably the Africans were not very pleased with it. Right. So it's like you're not accepted there, you're not accepted here. So you have to peel that layer as well. Saying you're okay with your racial identity. Right? And time moves on and then I understood that you know, men and women in my family were not necessarily treated equally. Now that's kind of a sad thing to say, and it is true. So you have to come to terms with sexism and, you know, your own individual beliefs. And our family is in a much, much better place. And I adore my sisters, and they're the smartest women I, I could ever dream of, right? And my nieces as well. But we have to put that baggage behind us and come to terms So. So self-acceptance is so loaded with all these, what I call, public, kind of visible identities. Absolutely. You know, you're going through multiple versions of yourself. You're trying to accept yourselves and get 
and and also come out to some people around you. How was being single impacted through that? How was the journey of accepting yourself as a single person and then publicly, I guess, coming out and standing by it impact or manifest in your behavior and experiences? Again, a layered question. I'm sorry to complicate things, right? Nothing's easy here. <laughs> in my view, it's impossible to accept yourself as whole until you have covered both the visible mm-hmm. and the invisible, right? So the invisible are things that people may not know, but we may all experience. So the times in Nairobi when I was on the football field and was not invited to join any team because I was effeminate and I could not kick a ball for the, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just could not kick a ball into the net. I, I just could not. And, uh, and so, you know, things like that. But, but then you find compensating mechanisms, Ahmed, you know. I, I found that during that same time period, you know, I was not in group sports, but I, I love tennis and squash and, you know, individual sports, right? But I found myself just focusing on tennis, chess, and waking up at 3.30 every morning to make sure that I actually succeeded in my O-levels Cambridge. That was my compensating mechanism then. The learning here is focus on your strengths, focus on where you can succeed, and let the other things just fall. Just just fall. It doesn't matter. Even though it's hard, mm-hmm. right? Going to the phys ed thing and, it, you know, it, it's all hard. Then I had, you know, my own body issues, my own self image issues and you know i have a body complex and i'm a shy person and you know i I never thought my body was good enough i had to uncover a lot of things inside myself which are invisible to other people and once we uncover those and i've just given you a small sample of examples i mean there are many more then i think there's a holistic self that sort of starts to come together I don't know that it's ever complete, but it's as complete as I would like it to be for today. Okay. So let me play back. I think what I asked was, or what I was trying to get for our audience here was an answer to how do you accept yourself as a single person? But what you're telling me, it's not an easy thing to do. There's actually much more than you need to do yourself which is talking about your visible and invisible identities, focusing on your strengths. And then you get to accepting your relationship status. You got to accept yourself first. That's a tall order. Absolutely. That point question for this episode, right? Mm -hmm. Being single, oh my goodness. I mean, this could be a whole other, (laughs) you know, it could take us hours to go through this, but I'll try to fast track it. It's not easy. Because societal pressures are immense. The auntie that I meet in mosque, friends that I meet saying, you're the most eligible bachelor in town, someone told me two years ago. And, and so, and other people say, oh, oh my goodness, I mean, you know, I, I hope, it's like it got, the pressure is completely, completely, completely insurmountable because it's around us everywhere in every breath that we mm-hmm. take. Because that's what people want to see, is people married or partnered. 
Now, my philosophy on that, Ahmed, is the following. There are many people that I see who are together and who are together because they just can't be alone, mm -hmm. which to me is like totally the wrong reason. And I come from a point of view of, I am actually very, very happy being single, but I've had to fight those conversations. And it's been a journey that has taken a long time. You know, when you travel, how do you travel alone? And, you know, what I go, I love traveling alone because it gives me every opportunity to meet with other people. And you know how many wonderful people I've met because I travel alone. So to me, traveling with other people is like, okay, that's a handicap. I don't know if that answers your question, Ahmed. I think you did answer. You validated the fact that, you know, self-acceptance as a single person is not an easy journey. I think maybe I should ask an obvious question then. Then why choose to be single? What are the perks? What are the joys of going through this process? Oh, and there are so many perks. Oh, my goodness. First of all, I'm very happy. <laughs> being single. I wake up every day these days, uh, Ahmed, you know, and I don't have to decide what to do and what not. Life is my own. It is my own. I don't have to decide with anyone else. And there is such freedom in that. There is such joy in that. I personally cannot describe to you how beautiful it is to be single because it's the way I want to be. And a lot of people don't have the opportunity to maybe think about what we can do to make sure we throw away the biases, the social biases of you have to be with someone. Because for me, the truth is <laughs> I, I, I'm very happy where I am and I would have it no other way. Love to hear that. Michelle, you've been quiet. Oh, I'm just, I am just listening. It, this is a very fun place to be a fly on the wall, I'll tell you. <laughs> and it's, you know, in looking at, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Like, I had a conversation with my mother yesterday, and we were talking about the difference between telling people something about yourself versus choosing not to hide who you are. Right. And go, kind of going back to where you said from about it being a, you know, coming out, if you will. Right. And in this, in, in this case, as a single person and choosing that this is your lifestyle that you obviously love and adore, which is why we're, let's be honest, this is why it's called the Being Single and Happy podcast. This is what we're all here to, mm -hmm. to, to learn about. Do you ever struggle with this, though? Like, does it ever get to you when people always have remarks or telling you what you're missing out on? Like, obviously it sounds like you're, it, it is a conscious choice for you, but is there ever any pushback where you have those moments that you do say, Oh, it'd be really nice to have someone here right now, or maybe they're right. Like, do you ever have those moments? And if so, what are they like? There are two questions in there, Michelle. One is, do you ever hear the pushback? And the answer is, yes, I do. So just even a few months ago, we were at a dinner table and, uh, and someone said, you don't quite know what it feels like to be with someone else because that's the meaning of life. 
So you will always have examples like that. And thank goodness for other people at the table who spoke up and said, we should not underestimate the value of love in friendship. I remember that I was a part of that conversation. And remember what, what struck me the most is yeah. if at that table, I had to say who's the happiest, most content person around, I would have pointed at you. So clearly what that person was saying was wrong. <laughs> There's nothing wrong on them. It's just that they don't know and they haven't quite understood the reality that can exist with, uh, uh, you know, kind of who I am mm -hmm. and how content I am being with myself, right? And, and so <clears throat> for me, I cannot possibly imagine a life with someone else. However, that has to be, you know, apostrophed with because I have such genuinely beautiful friends. So even when I spoke to my friends, about being single and happy, they, they go, but we don't see you being single because you're always with people. Ooh. Yeah. Right. They, That's a great line. Actually, people actually don't see me as being single because they see me as being with people. Whereas there are a lot of people I know who are partnered and who are quite alone. Right. Right? We have to contextualize each and every situation. And there are some people who are single who want to be with someone else, and I'm not saying don't. All I'm saying is that there is an alternative. And this is, you know, because it's true, you know, I'm single and I'm pretty, pretty content. I am definitely looking. However, it's, you know, coming back to that whole. Was this your Tinder announcement, Michelle? No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm not even going there. Sorry, sorry. I, I may be getting to know oh, somebody. That was, that was good. That was good. I may be getting to know somebody, but. Ooh. I do not I do not speak of these things, but I want to kind of bring it back because this is really important. And something has been on my mind since this um, conversation started when you told that story, Karim, about 17 year old you lying in bed and that sort of thing and thinking and just like that sadness that you carried that aloneness. So obviously, we we're talking about the importance of enjoying your own company and you've always had rich relationships and what have you. What are a few ways that you know, for someone who is maybe going through that right now, because maybe they're not 17, maybe they're in their 40s, maybe they're in their 60s. What is a way they can start to build that acceptance with themselves so they can maybe find it a little easier to get out of bed in the morning? Because again, that's the first step, right? But for someone who is in that place, where would you recommend they start? So I'm not an expert. I'm just an ordinary human being. Mm -hmm. I would strongly encourage people to call a support line. Mm -hmm. There are many support lines out there. The issue of mental health and suicide is huge in our community. So I don't want to trivialize the answer by saying, you know, do what I did. I think we just need to really, really ask people to feel okay to get some support because they're not alone. And I think that's one of the great reasons, you know, in doing this podcast is again, finding a voice that, you know, you say you're not an expert, but you know what, you're human and we all are. And that's what we're here is to, to learn from each other. And again, you, I would back up what Ahmed said that, you know, at a table of people, you are very content with your own company. And yeah, you're, it's like, you don't need that plus one because you seem to be the type of person who has like 
plus 10. Gosh, I feel like the serious one here. Sorry, let's like let's lighten this up with okay. So I know, I okay, know. no, I'm gonna you know what? Here. We're talking about enjoy, you know what? Yes, getting support. But I think it is important that again, if you are and in, in, even for someone who they they are looking for someone else, like what they are looking to date or what have you. And even if they're not, the importance of enjoying your own company is there, right? So what are some ways? that you like to enjoy yourself on your own. Now let's keep the answer G rated or at least <laughs> AA, just in case there's any younger people listening. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. What are like, cause this is interesting and I'm curious, Ahmed and as well, but so Karim, what are some ways, what is it quality time alone? What are some, ways that you've done that? I'll give you a younger answer and an older answer, okay? So as a young person, I loved reading. And so I want to get back to reading. In, in fact, I've got three books staring at me in the face here right now that I want to get back to. I can't wait to get back into reading. And, and I look back at myself and I go, what have you lost? Because I have been through, you know, both Anna Karenina and the War and Peace and Tolstoy. And by the time I was 17, I'd been through a lot of the major masterpieces. And, and I've kind of lost that. So it's a vacuum right now. And it's not a good thing. Okay. But I do enjoy Netflix as well these days. <laughs> right. And so, so I will go and completely throw myself into loving characters on screen. And that's not just Netflix. I watch CNBC because I'm an investment kind of a guy, right? So, so everyone on CNBC is kind of my family. And so I follow them all day. So you become connected with a very different life through either reading or through other media. And then and, and you connect yourself. But, but the one piece of, I don't want to say advice because that feels so, 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 so patronizing. But I, I would say just surround yourself with people who love you. We will get this in more into this in future episodes when we talk about the chosen family and so forth. But I think there's plenty of alternate models other than sitting at home and feeling miserable because you're not with anyone. I feel very, very sorry. And I, I, I don't mean to minimize that. You know, I, I feel just very, very sorry for people who are going through that. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, if you go through these episodes, hopefully we can impart a couple of tips that may help you. Yeah. And you know what, for what it's worth, I'll just put it out there. Like there's great ways to have a really fun time on your own that do. And like, whether it's what you mentioned, first of all, as a writer, I love hearing how much you'd like to read. And if anyone listening has great book recommendations, we're on Instagram at being single and happy. Please let us know what your book re recommendations are because we want to talk about them. Let me rephrase that. I want to talk about them. Going to an art gallery, going for a nature walk, going and having a nice lunch. The last thing I did before the pandemic, I still remember my last date with me involved going for a nice bowl of ramen. And I went to see the Linda Ronstadt documentary. <laughs> and that was fabulous. There you go. There you go, Michelle. I mean, the number of hours I spent in Paris going to where I discovered Impressionism and so forth, like 
I wouldn't have been able to do that, right? I don't know. But I mean, you just explore. I think that is your point. You explore the arts, you explore, you know, the outside, whatever it is that gives you joy. I love swimming every morning at 7 a.m. You know, it, it just gives me a lot of joy. So then over time, we, we just develop a life that is complete or as complete as it can be. I feel like the examples that we're giving right now are very light. We're talking about what do you want to do with an evening versus how do you enjoy yourself? I think bigger than that, you're comparing yourself to someone who has a partner, who has a relationship, has kids, like that kind of joy versus the joy you're, you're having that will compare to that or give not compared to that that will give you you know the amount of joy that you feel fulfilled by as well if that makes sense you know what i would say to you is that what i have discovered in my life is first of all the love of i i, I would just call it the arts and literature right meaning when i was in paris the the, the exposure I got to the impressionist art, the, you know, in Canada, you, the, the group of seven, just going out and seeing the art galleries and the museums in Moscow and in Russia, whether it was the Pushkin or the Tresfaya or the, or the Hermitage, it just gave me so much joy. Just looking at all of that art. But continuing that right now gives me a huge amount of joy. So, you know, I would say building a relationship with that world of the arts and literature is a huge piece of just kind of, it, it gives you a lot of self-understanding as well. The the other piece is traveling. I don't know that I would have been able to travel as much as I did, you know, be, having visited 180 countries. And it's not just a traveling and, and the ability to be able to appreciate different cultures, different societies, the vulnerabilities, how we are all globally connected. It's huge. And being alone gave me the benefit of just exploring different, different experiences with people. And my third point is, you know, maybe in some ways the most profound which is when you are alone, you're allowed to build relationships on your own terms. And the relationships that I have built mm -hmm. on my own, because there's no one to say yes or no to who I want to be with, mm -hmm. has been so profound. And that's been one of the biggest gifts in my life is the relationships that I've formed. And I am actually internally convinced, and I could be wrong, that that's because I'm single. Hmm. 
yeah. It's it's interesting you say that, Karim, because I'm obviously listening to this from a perspective of a person who is in a relationship, right? And everything that you said, the ethos of it, being connected to human, humans, finding some joy in the day-to-day, having a hobby, that's why people get into relationships for most of the reasons, because they're trying to get that from a different person. And what I'm hearing you say is, hey, you can get it all while being single, but you can also get it on your own terms. Because a lot of times, committed people are getting it on terms of their partners. That's, that's very fascinating to me. Absolutely. And I'm not saying being in a relationship is wrong. All I'm saying is there is an alternate way. Right. I'm not saying any one way is right or wrong. I'm just saying there's an alternate way, which really kind of works for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if, if I had to tell my younger self, because my younger self was this gay kid who thought that they won't have a future with someone. And, you know, the whole examples that we talked about, the person sitting in their room, staring at the wall, crying, that was the biggest fear. But if I had to tell that person something is that this alternate lifestyle can work and there's no reason to fear being alone because being alone doesn't mean that you will be lonely. And I think that's the biggest fear. That, like I said before, and I'm repeating myself and I apologize, but a lot of people, when I tell them that we're doing this podcast on being single and happy, say to me that they don't see me as being single because they see me as being surrounded by people all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting observation from people whose judgment I trust. Right? And so, yeah. Michelle, you have a question. Actually, I want to address something that Ahmed said about when you're alone in your room because one of the things that you have said in building a good relationship with yourself is to love your space and creating your own safe space. Now, whether that is a house, whether that is just a room in a house, you know, Mm -hmm. your living space. So what can you tell us about that? I think what we surround ourselves with, whatever it is, you know, whatever dwelling we're in, big or large, you know, windows or not, what is really important is making sure that whatever you are with resonates for yourself, whether it's artifacts, whether it's photographs, whether it's little mementos, whatever it is, just surround yourself with things that make you comfortable and make you whole. That's my only input because these small things, the visual things, make a huge difference in connecting you to where you want to be connected to. However you want to set up your space is is important because it will make a difference. Well, Karim, you've given us a lot to think about today. The importance of accepting yourself, that coming out, is you know a journey not an event the importance of enjoying your own company and loving your space i know when i'm listening to it i totally get it like you know the comfort i feel um, on my own just being around seeing books like understanding that you know time alone as long as it enriches me 
whether it enriches other people is irrelevant because you're writing that script for yourself. What about you, Ahmed? What the big takeaway for me today was, I just wish, well, my my younger self could hear this because this conversation was touching all the things that I had been thinking about in my past as a single person, as a person going through different identities. So I feel like a lot of people would, I guess, not if not benefit, relate to the conversation and all spark some thought. And I think that's what we're asking for at this point anyway, to be able to just question things around yourself and be comfortable in your own truth, right? Like I, I read this somewhere yesterday around, don't judge yourself at your worst points or at your lowest points. And I think we do that all the time to ourselves. If you're not judging ourselves, we're giving ourselves at least a hard time about it. Uh, for being in a moment that we're feeling tough. And it sounds like there's vulnerability. If you, if you embrace it, there's strength in it. And you come outside of that as a stronger person, a person more confident in your own self as a single person and in your other identities. So I think that's the big warm message that I'm taking away from this conversation. And thank you both for that. So this brings us to the end of our episode one. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Ahmed and uh, Michelle, thank you so much for being with me and being the co-anchors. You have no idea how much it means to me that you are here with me. For our listeners, I hope you join us on our next episode. Until then, goodbye. Over to Michelle. I can't think of a better way to say it, except I'd love to hear what the listeners have to say. Again, you can reach us on Instagram at being single and happy. And yeah, what are your thoughts on accepting yourself? Until then, take care. And goodbye. You have been listening to Being Single and Happy with Karim Ladakh. You can follow us on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. Until then, may you be happy.